Welcome to the Progress Texas Happy Hour. Hello and welcome to the Progress Texas Happy Hour. I'm Kathleen Thompson, Progress Texas Chair of the Board. And I'm Sam Gonzalez, Progress Texas Digital Director. Hey Sam, I'm so excited about this episode because this is a big one. The Happy Hour's 100th episode. And because of you, listener, over the past two years, our Progress Texas Happy Hour is within the top 10% of all podcasts worldwide. And we've interviewed elected officials, foreign policy experts, activists, and candidates. And I'm proud that our panels bring gender diversity, ethnic diversity, and always seek to give listeners a reason to keep coming back for more. That's right. Our guests today can share the long view of progressive media infrastructure and the Texas political landscape. Steve Adler, Progress Texas founding member and City of Austin mayor from 2015 to 2023. And James Aldrete, owner of Message, Audience and Presentation, former Progress Texas board member who's worked with candidates ranging from Celia Israel to Barack Obama. Maybe you've heard of him. Maybe. Just maybe. James and Steve, welcome to the show. You both predate Sam as staff and me as board member and later board chair. Would you each share with us your insight on the founding in the early days? It's good to be with you. James, why don't you go first? Oh, okay. well, happy. First of all, felicidades. Congratulations on, on 100 episodes. That's awesome. And I really appreciate the kind of conversation you guys keep helping develop. So it's gone from social media to something much more interactive that I think people are, are enjoying and then taken away from. Um, I will say it almost you almost forget that there was a founding at Progress Texas has just been here. It's been strong and you forget that it that it's it started, but it started in the mayor's law office. You know, he, he gathered a couple, you know, d- different rebels, Mac Glazer, you know, Glenn Smith, Dick Levine, and started to bring people together. At the same time, I think Alexa Wessner was really just starting to get uh, a table operation going. And that sense that instead of kind of competing fiefdoms, that there really was collaboration. Um, and that sense that a frustration many progressives have do our Texans voting against their interests, you know, and is it a communication issue, you know, and, and the other things that need to happen. But communication through Progress Texas, I think, has really matched itself well with the outreach and backing up other organizations. Um, but, yeah, it is. You've you forced me to think back. But those early days, mayor, in your office. Um, kind of uh, imagining how this could be. And then it grows with a different talent that keeps coming to join the organization. Um, you know, I think Philip Martin had his, his his big contributions, Mark Corcoran now with, with TFN. You guys have both alums and, and uh, you guys are the talent factor too. So it's been really fun to watch. It has been wonderful to see. I want to add my congratulations as well. Uh, you know, when we were first talking about it, we had a kind of a, a vision for what a, progressive communications base might be and uh, my goodness each of the generations going through through time have, have really really delivered on that you know uh, I had been working uh, uh, at that point up at the legislature uh, in the late 90s early 2000s uh, for uh, Elliot Shapley who was the real progressive senator from from El Paso and it was frustrating sometimes uh, uh, to, to be in that environment, different than today. I think when I started, it was like 16, 15 partisan split, so everybody got involved. Uh, but what was frustrating as the numbers began to change is that um, it just seemed from, from where we were sitting that there were too many deals that were being cut uh, without uh, really um, 
uh, pushing a progressive, the real, the real progressive agenda. Uh, and there was no real accountability for progressive leaders. There was no real strong progressive voice uh, that was consistent and, and true. Uh, and there was a group of us that wanted to, to, to have that voice. To, to hold progressive candidates and, and office holders accountable. Uh, there really needed to be that independent voice to really help message those issues. But so there was that group that gathered, probably everybody had their own reason for being at the table. It was an incredibly impressive group to, to be with. I was really honored uh, to, to be around the table uh, with, with, those, with those folks. Uh, Alexa, uh, and, and, and her husband really were the, 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 the money behind the deal, as well as a lot of the energy and the impetus. Uh, and they were focusing on the table. We um, joined with them to push this communications arm, uh, and it really has delivered on that, that promise through the years. So congratulations. Let's not forget to mention founding member Tanya Tarr, who is now the president and founder of Cultivated Insights, active and successful for the past five years. Tanya, if you're listening, thank you. And thank you I will so say much. Real, real, real quick, Sam, just because this is a hundredth episode, so there's a history part of it. Um, but the mayor, as you mentioned, worked with, you know, just a line of the Senate, Elliot Shapley. And so for those who are interested in their history, they should really look up the court of inquiry because what Elliot and a bunch of rebels did in, in El Paso to kind of bring light to the inequalities, you know, is part of the legacy that I think Progress Texas builds on. So I'm just going to raise my coffee mug to uh, Senator Shapley here. I'll join you with that water Cheers. bottle. I'm not a coffee drinker, but. Uh, I want to touch on that um, legacy building that you've talked about, the uh, talent factory. That's really nice to say, considering, one, it's my first year at Progress Texas. I just hit the year mark, um, and this will be the first podcast that I've done since that. So um, hopefully I continue that lineage of successful people, not only here at Progress, but elsewhere. But James, to your credit, your work has helped diversify the coalition behind today's progressive victories, and you've focused on Hispanic engagement in media. Steve, your legal career began with civil rights employment discrimination cases, so both of you are well, well-versed in being talented, of course. Now, you're both leaders in the Texas progressive movement who have worked to give voice and agency to folks like our audience who are younger, people of color. Um, would you share the impact of our organization from your perspective? Uh, Mayor, I'll start with you. Well, I think the, the organization's had a, had a huge impact because uh, I think it really is an organization that not only expresses the, the, the and explains the, the issues and, and helps people understand the timeliness of issues certainly as you go through legislative uh, uh, sessions it's a it's a gathering place uh, in our in our state I mean it fills so many of those roles um, and I think that it has been part of what I think is is a real a, a real movement toward progressive victories and I think it has been a progressive champion you know when you go back and look at Texas history uh, you know we used to have a really strong Democratic Party. All the officials elected were Democrats, uh, but all those elected Democrats were pretty much moderate Republicans. Uh, we just we just called them by by a different name, and the and the group that was on the outs were this small band of progressive Democrats uh, that really jockeyed for position, often not successfully, uh, in the in the Texas uh, legislature, uh, and and. That's been an issue, uh, I think, for Democrats 
uh, you know, as we moved through the civil rights movement, the Republicans eventually with, uh, with Perry and with Clements began to win statewide uh, races uh, in this state. There's always the, the voice that says, if we're going to win, we have to really pick off those moderate candidates to, to build a majority. And I think what that's what that's led to is too many uh, Democrats running almost as moderate Republicans in the state. Uh, and when that happens, I'm not sure that's ever a real path to victory. We have to have James comment on that. Uh, because if you're going to vote for a Republican, you might as well vote for a real one. Mm-hmm. So, so having a, a voice that is all the time progressive and all the time pushing, I think, has been real important uh, to, to making sure that there's, that there's forward movement and some measure of, of, of accountability in the state. Uh, and I think that uh, you see in our urban areas a real push for progressive values and for... Uh, movements toward greater equity and a heightened awareness uh, of those uh, issues. We're right now in the fight for the for the soul of the state, uh, as the rest of the country watches anxiously. Sam, I'll just add, um, you know, not to get not to, not to bring this down for a second, but many of us are are mourning the recent news on the Texas Observer um, and the fact that you know a progressive voice that really did the investigative journalism may be coming to an end. You know, there's there's still sparks of life in in the spirit of the people who've kind of carried that out. But what it also did was, you know, in the in the mayor talks about kind of some of the older times. Molly Ivins had her final Fridays. And I think what Progress Texas understood a long time ago from the founding, you know, in, in Steve's law office was media. The landscape was changing then. We need to kind of get ahead of that changing media landscape and really watching, as we said, that talent factory, including you, Sam, and congratulations on the, on hitting the one year mark. But you're leading us and educating many other people on the tools that are out there and helping out a lot of the other progressive allies with those communication tools and have now kind of developed a lot of the best practices. But the other part I think that progress has done is built that sense of community that you would have in Molly's backyard. And too often that was, you know, Austin centric and, you know, with a couple of people kind of flying through and then how we got to bring that to a broader statewide and then really seeing where some of these progressive grassroots movements are happening in cities across Texas and then making sure that they understand that they're not alone. That sense of, of community learning from each other is critical. And I think that's a large part of the Progress Texas legacy. James, um, we've been talking about what's been happening uh, Texas Observer online since our last podcast and saying that now more than ever, progressive media has to shine brightly in our current darkness and in Texas, that's figurative and, and literal. And we're rooting for the staff of the Texas Observer and hope that they can um, turn things around and really thrilled at their online fundraising efforts that, that the staff have raised hundreds of thousands of dollars in just a few days. And uh, we need the Texas Observer. Uh, one of our first pods this year uh, featured a special investigative correspondent, uh, Steve Monticelli from the Texas Observer. And, and we need the Texas Observer and we need 
progressive media infrastructure here in Texas now now more than ever. So that that is top of mind, and I appreciate you bringing that up. And we're going to be watching what happens with them. They were about to go under, and it was sudden, and it was scary, and everyone goes, "Oh no!" And then t- within three days, from Monday to Wednesday, uh, they raised two hundred fifty thousand dollars. It just shows that progressive media is necessary. It shows that people want it here in Texas, and that people aren't giving up hope, uh, even though sometimes. With everything that's going on in the legislature, it seems like you should. It seems like it's too much. It seems like it's overwhelming. But people are still here, and people outside of Texas want Texas to succeed. They Mm -hmm. want us to be progressive. They want us to have the opportunities and have the ability to fight these injustices that have been going on in our legislature. Amen, amen, amen. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Hallelujah. Here at the Halfway Point, a quick note of thanks for listening to the Progress Texas Happy Hour podcast. We're proud to say you've helped us build our podcast into one of the top 10% of the most widely heard podcasts in the world. Kind of mind-blowing, but true, and one of the top progressive political podcasts here in Texas. We couldn't have done all of this without you listening and sharing episodes, so thank you for that. We believe that information is power and that the more people know, the more they are empowered to take action. Low voter turnout is an issue in Texas, so we're doing something about it. We're working to increase voter participation with a particular emphasis on millennial and Gen X audiences. The two biggest hurdles to voting are factual information on the issues and information on where and how to vote. Our solution is to provide weekly updates to people on what's going on in Congress and in the Texas legislature through social media, video, email, and this podcast, while also working with the traditional news networks. Our podcast features insider analysis with a lighthearted take on major issues, events, and players in Texas politics. We've interviewed elected officials, foreign policy experts, activists, and candidates in a panel format that brings gender and ethnic diversity and always seeks to give listeners a reason to keep coming back for more. After we wrap today, please help us keep our podcast ad-free and accessible to all listeners with a donation at ProgressTexas.org. Find the link in the show notes. We're 100 episodes old today, so I'd like to ask everyone what issue or issues you see as most deserving of our attention going forward, and I'll give you a minute to think about it. Um, I have my answer, so uh, let me share first. Uh, I've spoken on previous episodes that our family has become near one issue voters, and that's concerning gun violence prevention. I'm a mom of three, and our kids are all in public school. Uh, Last week up here in North Texas, they were back-to-back school shootings in Arlington and Dallas, followed by this week's shooting in Nashville. I am mad as hell that gun injuries are the leading cause of death for Texas kids and the party in power here in Texas is focusing on drag shows and book bans and um, no kids ever died from a drag show or a book. Uh, We deserve to be safe and we deserve freedom from fear. And after Monday's school shooting, we shared our article dismantling five right-wing talking points on guns. And I know Chris can link it in our show notes, uh, which counters disinformation and includes five common sense gun reforms that the Texas legislature can take up right now while they're in session, there's still time. And I called my newly elected state rep, um, Vinton Jones, and had this article in front of me and uh, talked to his staffer about um, what can be done right now and how we talk about school shootings and um, shootings at grocery stores and movie theaters and concerts 
how we talk about it and actual actionable solutions matter. And listeners, I hope you'll do the same. So I appreciate our staff at Progress Texas who's, who's putting um, this great material together. If um, you feel in your heart you're moved and you want to do something, um, have our resources in front of you and call your lawmakers. Do it today. Um, do it tonight. Steve, would you want to answer next? I like, I like the, the issue you picked, certainly, as I look at uh, uh, the last eight years in, in, in Austin, you know, the proliferation of guns. Uh, has got to be one of the most uh, uh, seismic uh, events impacting people's lives and, and drawing the, 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 the kind of the, the partisan divide. Uh, the element of that that I would pick out that I'm most concerned about is just dis- disinformation generally. Uh, and obviously you see it with respect to uh, uh, illegal weapons and the proliferation of guns, but you see it in the, in the conversations about crime. Uh, and, and what is causing the crime and, and where we see it and the levels of crime. I mean, it's really hard to have uh, an honest debate and discussion about guns when there's so much disinformation about crime generally. Uh, and, and, and people will defend having this proliferation of weapons as the only thing necessary to, to stem the tide of, of, of violence out of control in our, in our cities, and that's not the case. And I'm concerned that it's going to be really hard to have debates on any issue until we figure out the, the disinformation. You know, in, in our state, obviously, you can't mention climate change. Uh, near impossible to have uh, a meaningful conversation on climate change. We've seen the issues with respect to, to abortion uh, access and the misinformation that, that surrounds that. Obviously, uh, uh, homelessness and housing, you know, a huge issue uh, around the state and, and, and in Austin. Again, near impossible to have a, an honest conversation when the debate just always seems to be driven by uh, the Republican trying to make us scared of one another, fearful of one another, uh, and then driving what are policy responses to policy challenges that don't exist. So one of the things that I feel is so important about Progress Texas is that fight against the, the, the disinformation. It's excellent, James. Yeah, Kathleen, you have me thinking on a number of things, but I'll, I'll start just with your issue because my dad's family's from Del Rio. And so we'd always make that drive down Highway 90 and go and, you know, st- stopping at the Dairy Queen in Uvalde. And, you know, the, the tragedy is something that just hasn't left my heart or, or mm-hmm. mind. And it's it's. And the response to it has still been underwhelming. But I guess the other part to it is that tragedy happened in public schools and public schools continue to be ignored. Um, that that somehow it's, it's a surprise and how many of it happens in public schools. But the right has been doing a campaign against the value of education for like decades now. And it's just at a ridiculous point. Um, they want to call everything elite or call everything woke without understanding how empowering education is. And when you look at our demographics in this state, we're increasingly a younger state, a more you know communities of color state. And that education is really the critical link to their economic and opportunities. Yeah. So my kid is 15 years old. Um, on one hand, I'm, I'm definitely moved by always and inspired by the sense of community from teachers and parents 
and kids that come around in public schools. And that's just been a blessing in our lives. Um, and on the other hand, they're going through this generation um, a tougher period than when I grew up, you know, which is supposed to get better by 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 generation. But but for 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 those that were kind of born in the in the uh, 2011, went through a housing crash, went through a pandemic, and now they have a whole political structure that is attacking education overall. Um, you know, there's just so much I think we have to do. One of the things, th- just little, you know, that Dallas is like trolling Austin on APD, you know, officers that are that are retiring. But every police department knows how many people are going through retirement. We can't articulate that, unfortunately, in every school district. But the burnout and the pushing of teachers and the underappreciation of teachers has led so many to retirement. You know, as much as I love public schools, we want a semester without a permanent English teacher, you know, and talking to my friends on the school board, how many people there were teachers they were hiring and trying to fill positions in those last days. And again, I think it is that neglect of the value of education. I think education is what helps bring both diverse perspectives, but then a common dialogue too, um, and the understanding that it belongs to everybody and not a few. So I hope that continues to be a, a large part of, of Progress Texas's voice. Definitely. We're talking about defending public schools um, every week, if not every day. And I've shared on previous pods that my uh, eldest son's school started the school year without a librarian because she didn't want to put up with uh, the censorship and the authoritarian swing that our school board uh, has taken. And um, let me um, plug Go Vote Texas. Uh, our website um, that will tell you that the deadline to register to vote is April 6th. So it's coming up and we want everyone to be a local elections voter and school board elections matter and your city council matters and your mayoral elections matter. And don't ever skip an election because um, the people who are making the decisions for years to come for your kiddos school or your community um, are gonna be elected uh, in May if your communities have May elections and that's a lot of us across Texas. Sam, what about you? Y'all took my one, two and three choices of the things you were going to talk about. I mean, to bring a little levity to dark situation with the shooting thing, (laughs) I've said on the podcast before, um, I was a part of the UC Santa Barbara shooting in 2014, obviously made it through that. And the thing about these school shootings, as I mentioned before, is that the longer it goes on, the more people are affected and the more people are directly impacted. So now there's another community that 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 says, I survived this, when really we shouldn't be surviving school. We shouldn't right. be surviving the place of education. And that place of education should be full of books, should be full of teachers who are respected, who don't need to defend their students with guns, that can teach a book about a gay or lesbian couple that are just in the book, let alone without any sort of sexual content, because once again, Steve Adler going into it, the misinformation regarding that and all the lies that are being told about that. All those three things link together in a way that kind of built the case for like young people to get involved once again because all these are directly affecting young people and some young too young to vote and they're just chomping at the bit to get to it so voting rights too be sure to go to go vote texas if you're a a new first-time voter or if you have a child or a niece or nephew that is about voting age um but my pick for this option um beyond those uh is going to be abortion rights I mean, not that it's the fourth most important, but it's Progress Texas bread and butter. And once again, being here a year and seeing the change in a year and how quickly people's lives can be affected 
from misinformation, from uh, an essentially an authoritarian move to remove access to a healthcare procedure for half of the population, just access to it and the harm that it's done in, well, they've had the, the, the pre bans and the, the unofficial bans and the, all those types of things. But once the trigger ban went into effect and then the one beyond it, it's been chaos and it's been pain and it's been suffering for our Texas family. I mean, if you think of Texas as a community, no Democrat, no Republican, everyone is affected by this and people are hurt by this and it's real. It's tangible. I mean, starting in March of last year, having Roe overturned up until about three weeks ago where they had the lawsuit saying, hey, you've caused direct harm. We're suing the state of Texas because we had to leave the state to get health care. Um, it's that's the most angering to me. Thanks, Sam. Heck, Sam, I'll vote. For, I'll vote. I'll vote for you. Oh, God. One more, one more real quick, uh, <laughs> Kathleen. Because we touched on a lot of really important ones. Yes. The one I think we missed from our list mm. was, uh, was uh, the expansion of Medicaid. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that, that's $10 billion to the, to the state. You see the, the, the structural uh, injustice uh, in our state. It's, it's really hard for, for people to be able to progress, for families to be able to progress and, 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 and reach their, their in, entitled place in our community uh, without proper health care. And I was encouraged to see, what was it, uh, yesterday or the day before, a uh, Republican state uh, like Texas, adamantly opposed to Medicaid expansion, approved it. Uh, with Republican-controlled uh, uh, houses and senates and their state legislature, just because it is so crazy that our taxpayers continue to pay for health care in, in, in most of the states in this country, and we're shipping our money away, and we're losing billions and billions of dollars, and our uninsured numbers are higher, for, especially for children, than anywhere else in the country. So. I'd add that to the to the list. There doesn't seem to be any shortage, Kathleen, of things to put on that list. <laughs> right. That's a that's a great addition. You know, um, Governor Abbott ran for governor, saying that he wakes up in the morning and sue, goes and sues the Obama administration and goes home. And it really just seems like a petty, mean, small personal grudge that Texas hasn't expanded Medicaid. I, my friend is the Senate Minority Leader in Arkansas, and you cannot tell me that Arkansas is more progressive than Texas and they expanded Medicaid years ago and so did Utah don't tell me Utah is a prog more progressive than Texas it, it, it could be done here and we could bring those billions of dollars home and, and we should and that, that's a great addition I appreciate you bringing up Medicaid expansion um, I have a, a quick question for you both before we wrap um, James was talking about um, the folks who have come through Progress Texas early on in their careers and now work for um, our allies at TFN or, you know, for members of Congress. And we talked about uh, both of you in your early days with Progress Texas. But could you tell us what you're both working on now, Steve? You're, you stopped being the mayor um, a matter of weeks ago now. We're in March. Um, James, you were with us um, several years back. Could you both tell us what projects you're working on now and what, a little bit about your business, James, if people want to look you up? Sure. I mean, first, I'll just start on, on the on the volunteer side. 
um, still get to be a, a board and a board member and an ambassador for Every Texan, which used to be a Center for Public Policy Priorities. Um, Dick Levine was there with us in, in Steve's office and, and that kind of original crew. You know, I was talking about education. Chandra Villanueva is really just the expert on understanding education financing and how we can move things forward. It's a reminder that we have a really strong but could always be stronger nonprofit infrastructure, both on the progressive and the policy side in, in Texas. Um, right now, we're, uh, we're watching for Tuesday. We have a chance had a chance to work with um, AFSME. Um, in Wisconsin. So we got, you know, some member to member union mail out for the critical Supreme Court race that could change mm-hmm. the balance of the state Supreme Court in Wisconsin. And I think that could that could be a real bellwether for for things to come in the next year. Have a long partnership with um, Mayor Steve's here colleague in San Antonio. So we're helping out Ron Nuremberg in San Antonio um, go for his fourth term. And really, he's done really kind of a human capital aspect of it on doing the most kind of investment of any other city in workforce development and building out the workforce development pipeline and helping people kind of pull up those median incomes. They also have Alamo Promise, making sure that any community college is, is available tuition free to any high school graduate in San Antonio. It's amazing. It's 80 miles down the road, but you just go through the diversity of Texas and how different every every community is. Um, and then we're having, you know, planning meetings on some of the stuff we're doing in, in Nevada and Arizona, um, looking at the Senate map for next year as well. So uh, uh, obviously big transition in, in my life in January. Diane says I should stop telling people I'm unemployed uh, <laughs> and, and instead say I'm taking a sabbatical. Um, and uh, uh, it's looking like we have some real exciting choices. Uh, right now, I'm on an apology tour with my three girls for having disappeared for the last eight years. Uh, and, and I think I need to, to take care of that first. Uh, there's a, a small group of uh, recently former mayors uh, internationally that uh, were, were being hired by cities and, and, and countries to help do uh, urban policy and planning work. Uh, and I'm teaming up with uh, the former mayor of uh, Helsinki and uh, Medellin uh, and Quito uh, on, on one of the, the first projects associated with that. And that's fascinating work. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'll remain real active in, uh, in public service in, in, in one form or, or another. Uh, and and we'll, we'll continue to be uh, a longtime supporter of, of, of Progress Texas. Thank you. I, if I could, I just want to cheers the mayor here because um, it's just a reminder that all the different ways we have to make a difference. Um, so from his time in the legislature with with Elliot Shapley to the revolutionary things he started in his in the lobby of his law office there, you know, that led to Progress Texas. Um, thank you, and and please extend our gratitude to your daughters for for that eight year commitment right. as well. And then your continued service, we have no doubt of. The whole family serves, absolutely. That's very true. If we're we're passing out thank yous, um, let's thank Kathleen for helping uh, through the transition of Progress Texas from an ED who's been there forever, seemingly never endless. Seemingly like he would never leave. (laughs) We all just kind of wish he'd leave already. I'm kidding, Ed, I love you. But we all wish he'd kind of leave. I'm kidding. We We didn't believe that. But he did eventually after a long drawn out, oh, my gosh, I can't leave. And Kathleen has taken up the mantle wonderfully and has been a great boss Thanks, in, in this in this space that is, has been a transition. But now with 100 episodes in, we have 100 more to go. Once again, going back and mirroring the Texas Observer, 
progressive media is necessary here in Texas. And people understand that. The audience out there, you listening out there, y'all understand that. And we appreciate you so much, not only you, Kathleen, but the listeners out there for helping Progress Texas make it 100 episodes and for 100 episodes more. So really, thank, and thank all of you, the, my predecessors before me, James and Steve. Um, but real quick, um, because they know where to find us, the audience knows where to find Progress Texas, progresstexas.org uh, slash a slash donate if you'd like. Um, but no, James, where can they find you? Sure. Shoot me an email anytime. James at mapwins.com. We like to, we win slightly more than we lose, but we're in Texas and we're in for the long fight. Right on. And May, we're going to find you. Best uh, email for right now for me is steve at adlerland.com. And that's not grandiose. Diane Land is my wife. So (laughs) adlerland.com. And for the record, a hilarious joke would be the unemployment office. So, where can find you? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. That's 100 episodes. And uh, Chris, I need you to add some fake applause. There you go. We'll have some real applause, but Chris, please encourage. Yeah, Steve and James, thank you so much for your expertise and your insight and your time this morning. It is early. Um, we're recording early. So I'm working with coffee and I'm working with some juice. So I would like to propose a toast to another 100 episodes of the Progress Texas Happy Hour. Cheers, y'all. Salute. Cheers. from fancy glass I got at the Renaissance Fair. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again to Steve Adler, Progress Texas founding member, attorney, and former Austin mayor, James Aldrete, message, audience, and presentation owner. Thanks to digital director Sam Gonzalez and listeners, thank you. Head on over to progresstexas.org and subscribe to our email list. Please keep us accessible and supplement weight loss ad-free with a donation of any amount. And don't forget to follow us on socials. Please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. Thanks, y'all. All right. Thank you, all Thank you. Congratulations. The Progress Texas Happy Hour is a production of Progress Texas, a rapid response media organization promoting progressive messages and actions. Find us online at progresstexas.org and on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. The podcast is produced by me, Chris Mosier, and our featured music is by Walker Lukens. Please be sure and subscribe to the Progress Texas Happy Hour on the podcast platform of your choice. Take a moment to leave us a review if you've enjoyed the show, and be sure and tell your friends about us. Thanks for listening and for all you do to press progress forward here in the Lone Star State. We'll see you again next week.